Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Friday, March 12th, 2021. What comes into your mind when you think of a big sin, right? Something that's really bad or or that's a big deal in the eyes of God. Maybe you think of the Ten Commandments and some of the things listed there. Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Maybe those in your mind are some of the big sins. Well, have you ever considered a lack of faith a big sin? Have you ever considered a refusal to believe the promises of God as something that really offends God? Well, we should think about it that way, and that's what we're going to see as we continue this critical story right here in the middle of Numbers today as we look at chapters 14 and 15. And remember, yesterday we talked about Numbers being more of a a faith sandwich, right? It's surrounded by these uh, censuses at the beginning and the end of the book, Um, but the book isn't about Numbers. It's about faith, And, and really it's They're getting ready to go to war. And in this critical moment where they are receiving a call to arms, where they are being told to go to war, the the spies have come back. They refuse and they refuse to go to war. They, They reject this call to arms because they lack faith. And that's really where we're going to pick it up in this critical story. Remember yesterday we looked at the spies. They go into the land. They say it's an amazing land. But 10 of the spies are basically saying the people are too big. The cities are too fortified. We can't do it. And we pick it up there at the beginning of chapter 14. Clearly the congregation is buying what the 10 spies are selling. It says, then all the congregation raised a loud cry and the people wept that night. And the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, the whole congregation, right? So this isn't just the 10 spies anymore. This is everybody saying, we basically, we wish we would have died in Egypt or died in the wilderness. Verse three, why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and then go back to Egypt, right? They literally are going to choose a new leader, turn around and head back into slavery. And Moses and Aaron, they fall on their faces and Joshua and Caleb come up. They're the two good spies and they tear their their clothes and plead with the people, uh, basically saying that God is is with them. In verse seven, uh, it says, the, the land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Now, how do they respond to that encouragement? Well, they pick up stones to stone them. And at this point, boom, God steps in. God steps in and appears and he basically tells Moses, I'm done. I'm wiping this people out and I'm starting over with you, Moses. And we've heard him say that before. Think of the golden calf. And again, Moses pleads for the people. And he says, God, what will the Egyptians say? And really his prayer is concerned with the glory of God um, and, and how 
the Egyptians will mock God if the people just die in the wilderness. And he appeals to the character of God. And God says, I will pardon. I'm not going to wipe out this nation and start over. But he does give a different consequence. And even we are by all familiar with the fact that Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Why? It does not take 40 years to walk from Egypt to Israel. It just doesn't. So why did they wander for 40 years? Well, this chapter really gives us the answer. Instead of wiping them out, though, God still is going to punish. And that's where the numbers kind of come in. Uh, that That is important. All the, the numbers that they took at the beginning of the book of the men over 20 years old that were ready to fight, every single one of them is going to die in the wilderness, except for two, Joshua and Caleb. They will get to go into the promised land because of their faith. But the rest of them, the, the rest of the 600,000 plus men that were numbered, they are going to die in the wilderness. And that is God's judgment because of their lack of faith and their rebellion and their refusal to uh, go enter the land at this time. And so you see, a lack of faith is a big deal in God's eyes. A lack of faith is why they wandered 40 years in the wilderness. A lack of faith is why all of these men would die in the wilderness without getting to go into the promised land. And there's some ironic things, right? One of the things they say early on in the chapter, why they're afraid to go in the land is that their wives and their their little ones will become prey, right? Well, actually, it's their little ones that would go on to inherit the land. Because um, they would be the ones now of age and fighting when the time came because their parents or especially their fathers would pass away in the wilderness. So we need to think about lack of faith and see how offensive it is to God in this passage. And we need to examine our own lives, right? I mean, how many times do we sound like the Israelites where we there's something in our life that we say, it's too big, it's too scary, I can't deal with it. And we need to realize when we start saying things like that, when we start thinking things like that, that's offensive to God. It's a big deal before God. That's the attitude that caused the Israelites to wander for 40 years in the wilderness. So we need to check our own hearts. And this, we know from the New Testament, the Old Testament, one of the reasons it's here is for our encouragement and also sometimes as a warning to us. I think chapter 14 of Numbers should be a strong warning for us. And again, even though we think of Numbers as some old book, you know, with a lot of details in it, I hope you see the central message in this central part is something that should dramatically affect us. Uh, Something that we're going to have to fight against every day of our lives. Uh, Every day we live is a battle to have faith and to trust the promise of God. So may we respond differently than the Israelites here. May we respond with faith. And that's easier said than done, but that's one of the reasons why we need to be in the word and be in prayer and get our eyes focused on God and bring our unbelief to him and say, God, this is how I'm naturally feeling, but I want to listen to you and to change our hearts and really to lift our hearts up to God to see him work and for him to strengthen our faith. And we need to think of a lack of faith as a very big deal. And at the end of the chapter, we see that while all the the men that were counted at the beginning of the book are going to die in the wilderness, the 10 evil spies, God strikes them down right on the spot as a clear message 
to the people. And at the end of this chapter, you have a lot of the people basically saying, oh, I'm sorry, Uh, we messed up. We'll go to battle now. And Moses tries to tell them that it's too late. No, that that the punishment is is in. And, And they, again, they don't listen. And they go off and they try to have a battle and they lose. Um, and, and they come back and then they begin wandering through the wilderness. And chapter 15 gets into some laws about uh, sacrifices. And we see some of the sacrifices for sins. And then we see an example of uh, someone that broke the Sabbath. And what we see is the pattern. If somebody who just went out and said, I don't care what God says, I'm going to go break the law. The punishment in this time in Israel was was death. We see a lot of the sacrifices are for unintentional sins. But when somebody goes out, as it says here, and sins with a high hand and goes out and does something that they know is wrong, well, um, then we start to see no, there's no excuse for that. We see that in Numbers 15. Speaking of faith, let's go again to Psalm 34. Again, a passage I think that should strengthen our faith. And even help us focus our concern. It says, as we read Psalm 34, verses 15 through 22, the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. God listens to his people. He listens to the righteous. And it's interesting. You look at verse 17, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. And so we see kind of an interesting juxtaposition there that God delivers his people out of all of their troubles, it says, but it makes it also clear that does not mean that his people will not have troubles. Sometimes his people will be the ones that are brokenhearted. Sometimes they will feel crushed in spirit. And it even says there straight up in verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous. So we need to set our expectations at a healthy level that these promises do not mean we will experience ease and no trials and no afflictions in our lives. But we can trust that in the midst of those, God will deliver us. And even I think ultimately as Christians, we know uh, someday we will face the trial and the affliction of death, right? That The fact that God will deliver us from them all does not mean, hey, you're never going to die. No, we will experience maybe physical death, but even from that, God will deliver us through Christ and his promise that I am the resurrection and the life. And so this is really a challenge for us. Are we going to believe these promises when we find ourselves brokenhearted, when we feel crushed in spirit, when we feel our afflictions are many, are we going to complain or are we going to trust God and look for his deliverance. Uh, That's what we need to do. And also we want to examine our character. He, he listens and he looks towards the righteous. And now we know none of us can claim righteousness for ourselves. It's something we must receive through faith in Jesus Christ. But also I think it's something that then we should seek to live out and we should seek to be people of integrity, people that are living out the righteousness that Christ has given to us. And that we would see that in times of trial, again, my focus is less and less on my circumstances and more on faith in God and even uh, trying to grow in my own godly character, that those would be our focus in trials and that we would see God deliver like he promises and that our faith would be built up. Uh, Next, let's go to Matthew chapter 21 and just a short passage, uh, sorry, 
Matthew 21 and verses 28 through 32. And here is just a parable of two sons, pretty simple. Uh, one of which says, yeah, I'll go work, but then doesn't. And then the other one that says, ah, I'm not going to go work, but then does. And the easy answer to the question Jesus asked is, well, I'd rather be the second one because he actually did the work. Well, what's the moral of the story? Well, you got to see this as a rebuke to the Pharisees. It's not trying to encourage people, hey, don't say you're going to work and just do it. And then it'd be fine. No, it's more a rebuke of the son that says he is going to work, but then does not. And really, it's the Pharisees that he has in mind there who say they they talk a big game. They talk a lot of religious speak, but then they don't actually do what God is telling them to do. Whereas he talks about basically the sinners coming to repentance. They're the ones actually doing it. And so I don't think the moral of the story is, hey, go be a tax collector and a prostitute and then get saved, right? No, he's he's praising them that they are repenting. But the moral of the story is don't be a hypocrite who says that they're going to do it, who talks a big religious game, but then doesn't. And so even as we consider numbers and Psalms, may we not be people who talk a big religious game, but then when it comes down to, are we going to have faith or are we going to give in to fear um, that we actually do what the theology that we talk about would suggest that we do, which is actually have faith in God. Finally, we go to Acts chapter 22 and verses 17 through 30. And here again, we see Paul giving his defense um, But as soon, you'll see, as soon as he says that he is going to go away to the Gentiles, he loses the crowd. And they say, away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. Wow. And that's a, I think we see a lot of things probably in those statements. Some of it is really from the Pharisees, more just this self-righteous and Even the Pharisees, it seemed that they were more concerned with preserving their power in the religious order in which they lived than they were actually anything else. So there may be some of that. Also, we may see animosity here towards Gentiles uh, because some more of a a social or nationalistic pride uh, here where they want Israel to be saved and they view everyone else as not worthy of salvation. And that to be a problem that we see in a unique way here, but not something that has been unique throughout history. But we see Paul, again, being faithful. And it's even interesting here as he is about to be beat, he brings up the issue of his Roman citizenship. And so here's an example even of Paul, who was not afraid of persecution and eventually would be martyred for his faith. Even in moments, he was not afraid to use some of the rights of his citizenship uh, for his good. And we will see situations like that even in our world today where Christians, uh, we will face persecution and there's times where we will have to bear that, but there's it's nothing wrong with using the rights that we do have under the law to protect our freedoms and our liberties. But may the main lesson we walk today, walk away from today's reading with really be a lesson in faith that we are trusting God and we see a lack of faith as a big deal. May we spend some time in prayer today, really examining our own hearts and asking God to strengthen our faith. And even in places where we sense unbelief, may we go to God and say, God, I believe, help my unbelief. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.